Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to begin a new book. This is the book of Zechariah, or Zechariah. And we are obviously going to start with chapter 1. The book of Zechariah is one of the three final prophets. We just read the book of Haggai, and Zechariah was a contemporary, and saying his prophecies at the same time in history that Haggai was a prophet as well, which we shall see by the dating, which we will learn soon. So remember and recall that for those of us that, um, for those listeners that have studied Haggai with us too, remember that this is during the time period when the second temple is being built. In this time period, the Persian kingdom, the Persian empire, is the dominant force in the entire known world and this known of course to the people that lived in this area it was widespread it was a powerful force and uh, persia was the um you know the main empire and in judah was a group of several thousand jews that did return when cyrus made the decree that the jews could return and build their temple however for the first 20 years they were basic uh, or so they were basically unsuccessful in putting the temple together. And Haggai, as we learned in the last book, Haggai was very instrumental in inspiring the people to listen, inspiring the people to get up and start building. Even though their situation was so so poor, they were destitute, there was drought, and so on. Zechariah is speaking at the same time period and also trying to encourage the people to... Um, to build the second temple, encourage them that God's presence was among them. We spoke a little bit about this issue when we just learned Haggai as well, and that was the people were now living in a state of real depression. They had thought that after 70 years in exile, there's going to be some miraculous restoration of the Judean uh, nation, of the kingdom. They'd have a king, they'd be powerful, they'd be strong, and the pagan nations would... Um, all come and worship together like the, all the visions of Isaiah and that everyone would be subservient to the one true God and so on. All these visions and when they looked in the history they thought about what happened with the Exodus and the, all of the great big miracles and splendor and so on. But reality was very very different. Yes, after 70 years in exile they came back to the land. However, what they found was an impoverished land they themselves were impoverished. The house that they built was was tiny and, and minuscule in comparison to the first temple and so on. So remember, this is the environment within which Zechariah is speaking. When we read the book of Zechariah, it reminds us a lot of the book of Daniel, which was also during this similar time period, and we studied Daniel together a while ago. Daniel also has these visions, these visions that are kind of esoteric and very difficult to understand and very difficult to interpret. Um, <clears throat> and even the, the prophet himself re has, requires an angel to explain to him what the visions mean. And even after we hear the angel's explanation, we're still kind of left scratching our heads. When we studied Daniel, if we recall at the end of Daniel, Daniel himself said, I'm stuck and I don't know what all these visions mean. I don't know what all these prophecies mean. When we study Zechariah, we're going to have a very similar feeling. But we're going to try to the best we can to give potential possible interpretations. 
but we will not necessarily every time come up with a great one. Just to remember uh, the, one of the uh, quotes, a famous quote of Rashi, and on his commentary in Zechariah, he says, Setuma himaod. This is very difficult to understand this book. There are so many visions that are similar to dreams, that, that need interpretation. But it's very, very difficult for us to say what the true interpretation is. Until one day the Messiah will come, maybe then we'll understand what the meanings of all of these visions are. So the suggestions given by the traditional commentaries are exactly that. They are suggestions in cases. Some cases we have suggestions from the rabbis in the Talmud as to what it might mean and from other sources. But this leaves it open for us to interpret as well. And I would like to quote um, the Evan Ezra who explains uh, as follows, which is very interesting, um, very revealing and gives us an opening to our own interpretations in this book. If only we could find some old history book that would explain that would explain to us the, the political situation of what the world was like in those days. Then maybe we would have some kind of a wall to lean upon, like a blind man can get around a little bit better when he has a wall to feel and lean upon. Right, so 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 Ebenezer is basically saying that if only we had some history, if only we had a little bit more knowledge. Now, fortunately, in the last several hundred years, we do have a little bit more knowledge as to the um, what was what the Persian kingdom was like, what the political situation was like. But interestingly, from the Ebenezer, we see that he states that even if we have the history book, we're like a blind man with a wall. It's better than not having anything to lean on to. We have something to handle, but we're still not there. The, one of the key points of the Ebenezer is to remind us that these prophecies were stated to those people in those days, and they most likely understood what they were hearing and what the visions and purpose of these visions were. Now the messages, sometimes Zechariah makes clear, but sometimes not so clear, but what the visions mean, those people did understand. So the Ebenezer is making a very keen observation here. If we only understood a little bit more, a little bit better what it was like to be around then in those days, we might have a little bit of a handle on what Zechariah is trying to say. So now we do have to some extent that Sefer Kadmon, that old history book that the Ebenezer in his time, about a thousand years ago in the Middle Ages, did not have access to. We have <clears throat> archaeological finds and historical records that he did not have access to. And maybe, maybe we'll get lucky and use some of those sources to help us suggest what Zechariah might mean. Some things that the medieval commentaries did not necessarily have access to. So let's begin with that introduction, let's begin this book of Zechariah. Let's try the best as we can to the extent that it's even remotely possible to put ourselves in the mindset of the people that are struggling to build a tiny little temple, people that are under the thumb and power of the mighty Persian Empire, people that are dreaming of some great, wonderful redemption, but unfortunately what they're seeing in front of them is not at all what they're dreaming of. So first one, Bahodesh Ashmini in the eighth month, So that would be the month of Cheshvan, in the second year of Darius. 
the word of God came to Zechariah, Ben Berachia, the son of Berachia, Ben Ido Hanavi, son of the prophet Ido. They more saying as follows. Just the way the uh, the verse is constructed, it sounds like he is the son of Ido. His grandfather was a prophet, and Zechariah himself was a prophet because obviously God is speaking to him now. But you can also read it to Zechariah, the son of Berachia, son of Ido, the prophet meaning Zechariah, the prophet. Now this therefore took place in the middle of the same time period as the last um, chapters that we learned and we read in Haggai. This was during the month of Cheshvan. This was during the time while the foundations of the second temple were being laid and while the people had been inspired by Haggai. But Zechariah also living among the same people in the same time period in the same place had the following vision. God did get very, very angry with your forefathers. This is the prophet speaking to the people, God's word. God got extremely angry at your forefathers. You remember, no, 70 years ago, this was terrible destruction. Verse 3, And I want you to tell the people as follows, says God, So says the Lord God, the God of hosts, Shuvu Eli. What do I want from you? Now you're building this temple. You want me to come and reside here? Shuvoy I return to me. Come back to me. Repent. Come back to me. You need to change your ways. This is what God says. Then then I will come back to you. Do you want me to reside in this house? Do you want to see the grand house? Remember we just studied in Haggai? If you want this house to be successful and grand and the ultimate redemption and all those wonderful grand visions that you're not seeing, that you thought you would see, that you hope to see, well then this is the path. Return to me. Become better people. And then I will come back to you, Amar This is what God the Lord of the host says. Don't be like your forefathers. Asher All of those earlier prophets they called out to them, and they called out to your forefathers, saying, Ko So says God, Shuhu nami You need to change your evil ways, you need to become better people, and your evil paths and your evil deeds. Veloshamu, your forefathers did not listen. they didn't pay attention at all, they lied to me, no Madunai says God. So your forefathers didn't listen, they didn't pay attention, they didn't even take heed at all. Don't be like them. The earlier prophets, they talked to them. This is interesting because you get the feeling right away and the commentaries point this out. Zechariah had the sense that he was one of the Neviim Acharonim, one of the latter prophets. He had the sense that he was at living at the end of the period of the prophets. The Neviim Harishonim, the earlier ones are past, and I am Acharonim. How did Zechariah not know that this was going to go on for another thousand years and he would be one of the earlier prophets? But no, he had the sense that he was one of the later prophets. He realized that the time of prophecy was coming to an end. Avoseichem, your forefathers, Ayeheim, where are they? They're gone. Do you think the prophets are going to last forever? Again, we see here that Zechariah clearly knew and understood that prophets are not going to be around forever. The Nevi'im are not going to live forever. I'm here today. I am telling you today to return. I am telling you what you need to do. But prophets will not be here forever. This time of prophecy is going to be over soon. Because why? What is it that you need to listen to, says God, verse 6? 
You don't need the prophets anymore. You know exactly what it is that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to listen to my commands. You're supposed to listen to my laws that I gave you. You're supposed to listen to my teachings, God says. Those teachings that I commanded to my servants, those prophets before, I already told them what it was. I already told Ishayo Isaiah that Sedeq Mishpat justice and righteousness is what you should how you should live. I already told Jeremiah, I already talked to Ezekiel, I already talked to Moses, going all the way back to the earliest prophets. Hello, Isigu Avotechem. Behold, don't you know, don't you realize that even your forefathers, what happened, what happened to them was Vayashuvu, that they had to return, they had to return to God Vayomru, and they realized and they recognized. Ka'asher zomam Adonai tzivot lasoslanu, just like God had planned to do to us in punishment for us not listening to the prophets. That is exactly what he did, just like our ways, just like our deeds. That is how God dealt with us. That is why we were destroyed. Your forefathers recognized that lesson. It happened already. The, the prophets have already given their lesson. They've already told you the way. They've taught you the Torah. They've given it to you. You now know what it is that you need to do and you know what the consequences are if you don't do it. You don't need prophets anymore. Zechariah has telling the people now, this is your last shot at listening to the word of God from a prophet. It's just about over. From here on in, you already know your path. You have the Torah. You know what the consequences are of keeping the Torah. And you know what the consequences are if you don't keep the Torah and you don't obey God's word. So it's time to listen. This is the first prophecy of Zechariah. And I'm going to stop here and we're going to continue the the um, chapter one of Zechariah in our next podcast. So this is our intro and Zechariah one a. We'll thank you for paying attention and for listening and for participating. Looking forward to studying Zechariah one b together as well.